Okay, we are in the book of Acts, chapter 26. Acts chapter 26. And Paul is recounting his, his conversion experience. And he says in verse 14, Acts 26, verse 14. And when we had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew dialect, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But get up and stand on your feet. For this purpose I have appeared to you. To appoint you a minister and a witness, not only to the things which you have seen, but also to the things in which I will appear to you. Rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you. To open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified. So, King Agrippa, I did not prove disobedient to the heavenly vision, but kept declaring both to those of Damascus first, and also at Jerusalem, and then throughout all the region of Judea, and even to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, and perform deeds appropriate to repentance. For this reason, some Jews seized me in the temple and tried to put me to death. So, having obtained help from God, I stand to this day testifying both to small and great, stating nothing but what the prophets and Moses said was going to take place. Okay, so in, in verse 14, Jesus says to Paul, who at that point he calls Saul, 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 why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. The goad is a, a pointed stick that's used to prod animals along when, when they're not going in the direction that they're supposed to go. And so, in other words, he says that it's hard. It is hard to oppose God's will. Look at what is happening. And this is, this is like what we heard in the service today. It, before us is the Word of God. We have an opportunity to follow the Word of God, to obey God's call. You know, I had an experience over, over this past break. I, I was back visiting where I had been an undergraduate, and I spoke to one of my roommates, who was my roommate for two years, and he and I were actually pretty close. And he, he had been a believer for several more years than I had. I was a fairly new believer when we had moved in together. And we lived in a discipleship program together. And near the end of, of our being, the times that we were roommates together, he began to drift away <clears throat> from following the things of Christ. And he drifted away into relationships, and he ended up marrying a girl that, that never even really knew the Lord. And, and he drifted further and further away from the Lord. And, and now he has uh, three children. He's, he's been divorced for a number of years. And we were talking together. And as, as we were speaking, we were speaking about our lives, what we've done and, and, and the things that we've done and the places we've gone. And, and it was clear 
it was clear that there was a whole lot of pain in his life. And I said to him, you know, the, the things that, that we learned together, and in fact, many of the things that you taught me, I told him, because he knew far more scriptures than I did. And to show you how close we were, we used to go together, door-to-door witnessing in the neighborhood, where we would knock on doors and tell people about Jesus. So we were really quite active in witnessing together. We had done open-air campus evangelism. That means standing on the campus and just standing there and opening a Bible and starting to preach. We did that together. And and I said, you, you know, I still remember the verses that I used to memorize there in, in, in the room where we were together. And I started to quote them from the book of Proverbs. And I said, you know, these have kept me from such troubles. They've cut, kept me from such harm. And, and I told him the patterns that, that we had picked up together is that, is that at that time together, we, we had picked up this pattern that we had learned from a, a, a much older believer of reading the scriptures from Genesis chapter 1 to Revelation chapter 22. And when we, we were done, we would start again. And so even to this day, I pick up where I leave off the day before. And I'd read through the Bible and start again. And he had, had long since fallen out of that habit. But the way his life had gone had brought so much pain. And even the things that he was educated in, he was unable to participate in those things. He had gone from one job to another. His children were, 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 were giving him some, some real pains and some real troubles. And as I started to recount where I am with my wife, and in fact, he sang at our wedding. And I reminded him, I said, remember you, you sang the song at our wedding. You got up with your guitar and you had written this song. He says, oh yeah, I'd forgotten about that, but I do remember the song. So he and I were really very close, but our lives had gone on totally different courses. And it's like Jesus says, the way is broad. There is, the way is broad. The gate is wide that leads to destruction. But the way is narrow that leads to life. And I told him how I had kept the principles that we had learned together. Where I would wake up in the morning, and still to this day I do that. I wake up in the morning and I read the scriptures. And I read them while on my knees. And how it was amazing to him that I had even remembered that. And I said, I still fulfill those practices. The things that you and I learned together in this discipleship program. We lived in this discipleship house together. And we were laughing because it was always very cold in there when we'd wake up in the morning because the furnace never worked and the commodes never worked and everything was broken down. And in some way, you know, that's supposed to be Christian. <laughs> and, and, but, and we laughed a lot together. But you could see in his heart there was this pain. And the struggles that he had gone through in life where he had left his wife and, and their marriage had fallen apart and he went after another woman and that never worked out. And Paul, uh, 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 Jesus says to Paul, it is hard for you to kick against the goads. God has a prodding from His Word that tells us what the way is and how we are to walk in it. And it is so sure a thing that if we choose in our own wisdom, in our own, in our own ways, or merely because of neglect, if we choose not to follow 
those ways, we lose out tremendously. There is a tremendous loss. It is so hard to kick against God's promptings of this is the way. And we think, oh, it's easier just to do this. But in the end, it becomes much harder. And what the world had wrought in his life was so hard. And then it was interesting because, because uh, um, I had met uh, his sister as well. And just to see in her face and in her life the same patterns where she too had been in the same programs, but had chosen certain ways that had, had married very well to an, uh, another man in the discipleship program, but then had chosen to leave him for somebody else. And then that somebody else was gone from her life after a number of years. And the pain that was inflicted upon her and upon her children. And I could just see it in her face, just how worn it was. It was amazing that you could read the lack of discipline in the things of the Lord just in her face. You know, and, and then over this break as well, I met a young man who together, we were young men together. This is a totally separate young man. And, and he came from a very good family. And he had good promptings. But he chose to neglect these. And he chose certain ways. And to see where he's come in his life. And how so much of that which he built is now lost. In fact, one could argue that everything that he had built is lost. It is gone. And how his children have, have never really grown in the faith very well. Again, lost. God lays a pattern before us. And he says to Paul, look how hard it is to kick against the goads. It is a hard thing. If you will oppose His will, it will mean destruction. Turn to, to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20. It says this. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20. Wisdom shouts in the streets. She lifts her voice in the square. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out, at the entrance of the gates in the city, she utters her sayings. How long, O naive ones, will you love being simple-minded? And scoffers delight themselves in scoffing, and fools hate knowledge. Turn to my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. So look at what, what is said. It says wisdom is really crying out. It's not as if the ways of God and the understandings of God are some quiet little thing that we could just barely hear and we must have missed it. It is not the case. The wisdom of God is so sure. The wisdom of God is sure and it is shouting out in the street and lifting her voice in the square, it says. The wisdom of God is shouting from the pages of Scripture. If you do this, things will go better for you. If you don't do this, you will pay a price. The Scriptures shout that out on every page. And for some reason, we can be so dense that it just bounces right off us and we think that that applies to somebody else 
or to some other generation or to some other people. Surely God could not mean me that He would bless me if I would follow this or that I would be cursed if I don't follow. Surely it could not mean me. And look what it says. It says in verse 22 of of Proverbs chapter 1, verse 22, How long, O naive ones, will you love being simple-minded? So there are... There is a way that we can be naive and simple-minded and think, oh, well, that really doesn't apply to us. Or to just be naive and, oh, I, I think I'll just go another way. Or not even to consciously voice that, because I don't think many of us rise up in the morning and say, I think I will oppose Jesus today. I think I will... Go against His Word today. It's not a a, a verbal thing that that we consciously do. It is something that, a decision that we make in a far more subtle way. When we are confronted in a situation, what will we do? When we have the Scriptures before us, will we meditate on them? Will we make it our life? But then he says in in the same verse, he says, And scoffers delight themselves in scoffing, and fools hate knowledge. So he says there's three classes of people. There's the ones who are naive and simple-minded that don't, you know, strongly come against this, but they don't follow. There's another group that are real scoffers that they say, oh, doesn't apply to me. (laughs) You know, just a scoffing attitude. And there's yet a third group that is even more far off. It says, and fools hate knowledge. Those who hear the Word of God say, don't Tell me the Bible. I don't want that. You may have met people like that. But there's those three classes of people, the naive ones it's crying out to, the scoffers, and those who hate the knowledge. Now I want you to see what the penalty is upon each of those groups of people for not following the ways of God. Look in verse 23 of Proverbs chapter 1. Turn to my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Because I called to you and you refused, I stretched out my hand and no one paid attention and you neglected all my counsel and did not want my reproof. I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your dread comes. When your dread comes like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, When distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Because they hated knowledge, did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would not accept my counsel. They spurned all my reproof. So they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices. For the waywardness of the naive will kill them. The complacency of fools will destroy them. But he who listens to me shall live live securely and be at ease from the dread of evil. It's interesting that the penalty for each one of those classes is the same. It's the same. It's going to kill them. In verse 32, the waywardness of the naive will kill them. The complacency of fools will destroy them. He doesn't say, oh, just because you were naive, 
just because you, <clears throat> you innocently didn't obey. Therefore, it's going to go much lighter on you in life. It doesn't say that. It says, my word is here. I am shouting this out. If I make a choice <clears throat> to not obey this word, the marks of disobedience will show on my face in 20 years. <clears throat> so it's, it's been 20, <clears throat> 26 or 27 years since I lived with this, this roommate. It shows on him. It shows in his life. It shows in his face, the pain. It shows in his career, the pain that he's going through. It shows. It is there. He says, you know, and it, it almost doesn't sound very Christian. It doesn't sound like the God who we love to worship. To say, I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your dread comes. It doesn't sound like the God we know. But it doesn't say God is doing this. It says wisdom is doing this. In verse 20, it talks about wisdom. Wisdom is doing this. There is a laughing at the calamity because there was an outright disregard to the shouting of wisdom. There is a mocking when the dread comes. And my heart went out to these people that I was just with over this, this winter break. My heart went out to them because, because we were together in the same programs, in the same discipleship classes. We were together in the same teachings. Why would one person follow the teaching and another sitting beside him not follow? Why is that? When the wisdom was presented in exactly the same way to both. One followed the wisdom, one did not. And the price was paid. It is so hard to kick against the promptings of God in the moment, it might be easy, but the promptings of God are so sure. And if we choose to disobey those, it says it will kill us and it will destroy us. That's what it says in verse 32. How much more explicit would you like the Word of God to be? Could it be more explicit? It will kill you. It will destroy you. Oh, how cruel. How cruel to say that. Well, it's not cruel to say that if it's the truth. If you pull that trigger with the gun pointed at your head, it will kill you. Now, is that cruel to say? No. That's very clear and merciful to say. It's making it clear. The unmerciful thing would be to say, I don't want to get in your way. Do whatever you would like to do. It probably won't hurt you that bad. But the very gracious thing to do would to say, you pull the trigger, it will kill you. And God is saying there is a trigger here that if you pull it in disobedience, it will bring pain in your life. But he who listens to me shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. So look at the contrast here. It doesn't say that you will be at ease from evil, that no evil will overtake you. That things happen in life. Pains in life happen to everybody. But it says you can be at ease from the dread of evil. You know, the dread of bad things is terribly painful. 
but to live securely and say, God, I know that come what may, you will be with me and you will see me through. And I will come through this far stronger. Even the thought that God's presence would somehow withdraw from us, just the sense of His presence, even the thought that the sense of His presence would withdraw is frightening to me. It is frightening to me to think that the sense of His presence would withdraw from me. The sense of His goodness in my life. That every day that I rise up, I know that God is going to do good for me this day. And He will protect me. God is going to do this. To live in such a way that I walk disobediently to His Word. Whether it be in a relationship with my wife, for example. How a man can think that he can go for another woman and not pay an enormous price, it just amazes me. The Bible is so clear on that. So clear. In the things that it, 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 it says concerning these things. And, and uh, um, I can't find the verse now. It just slips in my mind, the, the reference. But it's in Proverbs 14 or 16. It says that, that the, the way of an adulteress is a deep pit. And those who fall into it are cursed of the Lord. Lord, I don't want to be cursed of you. I don't want to be cursed of you. Those who fall into it are a deep pit. The promptings are so sure and so firm. And the same goes for women. There are many women that leave their husbands for other men. The penalty for that is so sure in the Word of God. It says in the book of Proverbs, whoever goes into his neighbor's wife will in no way go unpunished. You know, you talk to a man ten years after the adulterous affair, ten years after he's left his wife for another woman, and ask him, say, is it better for you? Is it better for you now than it was in your first relationship? Is it really better for you now? And almost always they say, no, it's about the same. It's about the same. You know, somehow we think that if I just get that, then I'll be satisfied. And true misery, true misery is not being without something. True misery is getting that thing and seeing that it has brought no fulfillment. That's why Jesus says to Satan, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Yeah, I'm hungry. But I don't live by just changing those stones into bread. It is the Word of God 
by which I live. It is the Word of God that brings fulfillment into a person's life. It is the Word of God that brings peace. It is hard to kick against the goads. That's what he tells Paul. I present before you the Word of God today as young people. Will you follow this Word or won't you? Decide this day. Remember, if you say, I will follow, but you naively omit it from your life and say, I need not read that. I'm not going to come out and scoff against it and oppose it that way, but I will neglect it by not reading it and meditating on it. Your fate will be the same as the scoffer and the hater. How do I know? Because of Proverbs chapter 1. The fate upon you will be the same. Through neglect, you will not hear the word of God and you will end up going your own way. And in 20 years from now, you will shake your head and say, I wish I had meditated on the word of God. It would have kept me from making some terrible decisions. It would have kept me out of debt. It would have kept me out of wrong relationships. It would have kept me out of wrong business decisions. I lay before you this day this word. You choose which you will follow. But I can guarantee you what your life will be like in 20 years from now. 20 years from now, you will have children. If the Lord is gracious to you, you will have children. They will be walking one way or another way, depending on what you choose this day. Will you take this Word of God and make it your meditation? Because by neglect, you end up on the same course as the scoffer and the hater. It will kill you. You choose this day because it is hard to kick against the goats. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the truth of your word. You could not have been more clear. Father, thank you for the wisdom that comes from the scriptures to keep us from evil and wrong decisions, to keep us from marrying the wrong person, from making the wrong business decisions, from taking on deals that we never should have taken on, from choosing ways that are evil. Father, I thank you for the truth of your word. And I pray for these young people that this day they would choose life that comes from meditation on the scriptures. Father, that they would not neglect the wisdom that is shouting out off of every page. That there will be no mocking at their pain. But that they would be free from the dread of evil. Father, the grace of God be with these young people, I pray. May they choose the life and the wisdom from your word. In the name of Jesus. Amen.